You are listening to AnswerCast. Hello and welcome to AnswerCast, a series of insightful conversations with leaders who are shaping the new world with their expertise and passion for technology, innovation, customer experience, global business models, marketing, strategy, and much more. Hi, this is Vita Hemige, Head of Marketing Answer. Thank you, Simon, Commercial Director Elmarks, for coming to our current episode of AnswerCast, where one can get all their answers. According to Harvard Business Review, since 2000, 52% of Fortune 500 companies have gone bankrupt, been acquired, or ceased to exist due to digital disruption. And 75% of S&P companies will be replaced by 2027. Considering how deeply companies rely on innovation, it is astonishing how bad most of them are at finding, developing, and implementing new ideas. Global companies pour roughly a trillion dollars into innovation. MIT Sloan estimates that at least 10% of that sum, 100 billion, is completely wasted. Looking at the industry statistics like these show the importance of prioritizing innovation in your company. Corporate innovation means having out-of-the-box thinking as a strategy within your business. Corporate innovation can also refer to product innovation, division innovation, or business model innovation. In today's edition of AnswerCast, Simon and I are going to be talking about why corporate innovation is essential today. Let's get started right away. Simon, can you briefly introduce yourself and Elmarks before we jump right into the questions. Great. Thanks, Smith. And thank you for the invitation to be here. Um, It's great to be speaking with you all. Um, My name is Simon Spear. I'm the Commercial Director at Elmarks. And for those who don't know Elmarks, we are specialists in corporate innovation. Um, We've helped clients around the world and across geographies with both innovation strategy and implementation. And we've now run over 70 bespoke innovation programmes for a range of clients, um, ranging from British Airways to Lloyds of London, Sumitomo Corporation to Arsenal Football Club, supporting with both their internal and open innovation programmes, as well as venture studio activity. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for that. So let's get started. I thought today we'll talk about how you see corporate innovation being a leader in this space. So I want to understand from you, uh, from your perspective of what organisations have to do when they start their innovation journey. Or... You know, if they've already started that journey, how do you grow exponentially? And, you know, it's a fairly longish question. Apologies for that. But also about two or three key things that you think they should keep in mind when they're building out this strategy and, you know, looking to grow on this journey. Great. I I think it's a a good question. And I think the first thing really is to distinguish what we actually mean by innovation, what it is and um, what it isn't. I think often people talk about R&D and talk about innovation and use those two terms interchangeably. And I think um, certainly in my view, that can be misleading. For me, R&D is all about developing a new product or service that will deliver future value to the business. And whilst it's an important part of innovation, it's, it's not the whole picture. I think innovation is is much broader. It's, it's about everything from supply chain to logistic solutions. How can you get a product from A to B in the most efficient and cost-effective way to customer experience and the interface with customers before, during and after purchase. 
And whilst R&D, I think, to some extent can happen in a silo, innovation has to be connected to the core of the organisation. It really must be aligned to, to the core strategic goals of an organisation in order to ensure that technology and new solutions are directly connected to, to what the business is trying to do in the commercial the commercials of the business. I think, in essence, it's really about how do you find the solutions to the challenges and opportunities a business faces on, on an ongoing basis? And so kind of with that definition in mind, I think the first key stage when a corporation is thinking about innovation is what does it actually mean to your organisation? How does your innovation strategy connect to your core organisational strategy? And what are you actually trying to achieve from it? In our experience, we usually see four core reasons why corporations engage with us um, on innovation activity. Um, and it can be one of these or, or usually a combination. And the first is around driving new revenue streams by entering new markets. And um, the second is around saving money by developing process efficiencies. The third and really important is around future proofing and, and protecting your market share and ensuring, um, as you highlighted in your introduction, that companies are, are, are there in the long term. And then the fourth is around enhancing an innovation culture within a business that attracts and retains the brightest talent and then reinforces those those other areas i think once you've understood the focus of what your innovation strategy is trying to do and how it connects to the overall business then you really need to start mapping out what are the the challenges and opportunities that you are using innovation to solve and you really need to kind of get into the detail of these questions and again there's there's three really fundamental questions to think about within this in terms of articulating these opportunity and challenge statements. Um, what are you actually trying to achieve? And then what does good look like? And then crucially related to that, how do you know if you actually achieved what good looks like and you have had a successful innovation strategy? And I think when you're clear on this, this is when you can start getting into the fun part and designing innovation programs and initiatives that enable you to discover the right technologies and then manage that process of development to be able to test the hypothesis of the solutions that are available and see if they will will meet and exceed those challenge and opportunity statements. And then if you get that right, then you can obviously start to deploy those in a, in a commercially viable way. Thanks. Thanks, Simon. And building on the points that you just raised, you know, what are the lessons that corporates should take away or what's the secret sauce for corporate innovation? Is there any? I think the key is really knowing about one's own strengths and weaknesses and, and playing to them. As I mentioned in my previous answer, innovation has to be connected to the commercials of a business. And it's a key tool to, to be used to achieve those, those defined business objectives. So given that, it's really important you set it up in a structured, set up a structured approach and have a clear strategy for innovation. It's not good enough to just do a scattergun approach because you'll end up seeing things that aren't relevant for you. And, and if you don't have a process for implementing the technologies you discover, you'll just end up wasting precious time and resources. And if you think about it, anything a company does has a strategy. So whether that's HR, operations, marketing, you have a strategy. So innovation has to be the same. And arguably, it's actually much more important because we're talking really about the future of the business. I quite often hear people saying, oh, we want an augmented reality solution or we want an AI solution. And I always come back with the question of what's that solution to? What's the challenge you're actually aiming to solve? And what is the strategy behind that one? It might be a case of just wanting a different form of customer interaction that will improve the, the customer experience or the, the UX user experience in a more efficient and simpler way. And you might be able to achieve that at a fraction of the cost with better results than just bringing in the latest shiny new tech that has been touted in the media. 
And I think it's important to remember that every company is different. And just because one company's done something and has a particular approach to, say, logistics, it doesn't mean that would work for another company. Each company is different. The offering is different. The customer is different. And therefore, the solution must be different as well. So I think the structured approach is really important and understanding what you're looking to achieve and how you measure that is really important. That's something we spend a lot of time with our clients working on in terms of measuring that ROI. And I think the final point is really about reinforcing this and repeating it. You can't just do one-off innovation activity. If As companies grow, the challenges grow, the opportunities change, and you must continue to address them. So by you repeating innovation activity and looking at different issues across the business, you can start to build yourself in the marketplace as a really innovative company and a company that embraces innovation. And that ensures that you'll continue to attract interesting startups, interesting talent to come and work on these projects with you. And if you do that on an ongoing basis, you really do become a destination for innovation. And, and that obviously has a snowball effect that allows you to continue to grow your innovation activity exponentially. Thanks, Simon. So while all of this is fairly interesting and, you know, it sounds great when when we're having this conversation, is there like an example when rubber hit the ro- hits the road? Any example of how a corporate got this right? Because I think it's also about while all of this sounds great, it'll, you know, look really good as in the form of a definition or a write up, uh, you know, on, on a blog or on a website or on a report. Do all of this really work practically? Because at times you do start your program and by the middle of your program, some of your priorities change because there are certain market dynamics. Has an organization in your years of experience of running these corporate innovation programs, has a corporation really gotten this right? Yeah, so, I mean, we've worked with we've worked with a number of organizations. I mentioned we've now run over 70 innovation programs around the world. One example, and I guess picking up on the words when the rubber hits the road, I'll, I'll pick out BMW. It seems uh, an appropriate company to use. And we partnered with BMW Financial Services back in 2016 to create the BMW Innovation Lab. The idea behind this was to attract young companies with the talent ideas and those disruptive technologies that could speed up the development of financial products, new financial products into the business and cut the time it takes to bring them to market. And the initial lab ranged from providing customers with entirely new types of leases to dismantling the barriers that young drivers face. And and the lab was a really big success. We we ran five in total um, and expanded it to Japan and North America. There's one specific collaboration that I wanted to talk about, and that was BMW's collaboration with a company called Risk. So Risk, uh, spelled W-R-I-S-K, is a smartphone that essentially collects home, motor and travel insurance in one place and then gives you gives the user real-time control over the cover. And the, the beauty of it is that it's such a simple process. You just have to answer six questions to generate a quote. You then get a risk score that is generated um, with details helping you to understand that. But as your circumstances change, so does your risk score. And so it's, it's continually evolving to assess the risk. And so through the, the BMW Innovation Lab, risk work with BMW, with the compliance team, telematics, intelligence, and the credit scoring team to really understand what was BMW's existing insurance offerer and then to explore how they could work with BMW to increase that offer and benefit both BMW's customers and and BMW itself. So during the lab, they created a proof of concept for BMW to to demonstrate how they could actually revolutionize the way that their customers were viewing the insurance packages, and then also to improve the accuracy of the premiums and quotes that were being offered. 
coming out of the lab and as a result of the lab, BMW quickly identified that this approach to motor insurance was, was a bit of a game changer and could really help in terms of boosting their insurance services. And so they entered into a commercial agreement and Risk um, became the sole insurance provider for from BMW and Mini in the UK. It's obviously great for BMW as it provided an additional revenue stream, but then for Risk itself as a company, it's not only benefited, benefited from the relationship that it's been able to carve out with BMW, but has then been able to use that to, to build its own reputation as an insurance provider and has been able to grow both with BMW and independently. So it, it really is a great example of a sort of win-win for everyone. Very interesting. And I've also been told that there are interesting new models that we get to hear uh, when we look at corporate innovation. It's also about investing in your startups. It's also about ensuring that you work with them very closely with their R&D team so that you're constantly in touch with what's happening in the market. You're also infusing new ideas back into the organization. That unit becomes your intrapreneur unit within the organization. But BMW's innovation program was fairly interesting and you did provide a lot of interesting facts that our listeners can take home and see how they can implement in their corporate innovation program. And that brings us to the last question. And we all have heard about, you know, the impact that pandemic has had on the business model and as well as on innovation and corporate innovation programs. I wanted to take your view and perspective as somebody who's built more than 70 plus corporate innovation programs. What's been your view or the perspective of, um, you know, the corporate innovation programs in the new normal post-pandemic? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously, as with all things, COVID has had a tremendous impact beyond obviously the, the human costs and devastating human costs that it's had. We've seen some significant re-evaluation of business practice and this ranges from kind of the future of the workplace uh, working in the office versus remote working all that sort of stuff but on the other end we've also seen a significantly rapid embracement of digital adoption companies are integrating and have integrated digital solutions and technology solutions at a rate that we just couldn't have imagined two years ago digitization plans that would normally have taken 10 years to implement have been rolled out in is six months or fewer purely out of necessity and the organizations have had to embrace innovation whether they like it or not as a result of that i think we've seen a significant shift in the c-suite's approach to innovation i think it's it's fair to say that historically innovation has, has quite often been seen as a luxury or nice to have sometimes something for a uh, an innovation team has been set up in a cool or fun uh, setting in kind of the, the fun startup areas of a, of a city. But it's been a bit out there and hasn't really been aligned to the, the corporate objectives. And I think it's, it's, it's fair to say that it had been a, seen as a luxury, which it never really should have been, but <laughs> it has. Whereas COVID has meant that all of that has had to be bring, brought closer to, to the CEO's office. And that's obviously had a, a tremendous impact in terms of innovation activity that has taken place and that, and that will take place. I think in terms of we look at kind of innovation activity moving forwards, I think one of the one of the key things that has to has to happen, we're seeing happen is a, is a flexible approach. We've obviously shifted a lot of activity in, from pure in-person events to in-person remote and hybrid approaches both in terms of the events and activities we do but also the the innovation labs themselves and i think another really interesting 
interesting element is that we're seeing technologies that were working and have been applied to one industry being adapted and repurposed into other industries. We saw a bit of this happen pre-pandemic, but we're seeing much more of this happen, which again is is an interesting dynamic. And if we think about our mantra of open innovation labs of discover, develop and deploy, we're really seeing in that discover part, some really interesting innovations being repurposed from one industry to another. And then I think finally, the other, the, the one thing I'd add is, and again, saw it a little bit before the pandemic, but it, we're seeing it increasingly, is the focus on net zero and sustainability targets. That's clearly core to all industries and as it's becoming more important to the to the C-suite and becoming a vital vital part of their strategy, it's obviously linking into the innovation strategies. I've talked about the importance of those two linking throughout the throughout our chat. I think we're seeing a bigger focus on net zero, uh, and I expect that to to grow over the over the next few years even more. So, thanks, Simon. I think that was you know three things for me to like take away from what you said was flexibility to is repurpose or relook at how could you reshare best practices from one industry which you can quickly adapt to the others and third around you know a huge focus on sustainability you know going forward with a lot of the exec leadership having you know deeply focused or deeply committed to that cause extremely interesting chat and to quickly sum up in Simon's words you know innovation however can no longer be viewed as nice to have or a luxury in truth it should never have been it's it needs to be aligned to a core activity and objectives to the organization with a clear commercial target or you know linked to a very clear commercial target it is needed to survive grow and attract top talent in this era of disruptive innovation companies have to be one step ahead there are different types of innovation and generally they require different approaches as well first identify the low hanging fruit internally you can look for straightforward problems in your existing business that you can solve with your internal resources alternatively what you can also do is you know look externally and launch a competition um you know or other forms of engagement that ask startups to come back and work with you and create disruptive proposals so which also means you're looking at an inside out and an outside in approach i love the bmw innovation lab example where we got to understand that appropriate structure process and management when in place one can identify and rectify the cracks in their innovation capabilities not just within the innovation unit but also in the organization more broadly then uh, what we got to see is or we got to understand is one can move the organization closer to its overall goals and eventually create a very strong innovation culture thank you simon for being on today's episode of answercast it was a pleasure to host you thank you very much smitha thank you for tuning in please join us again for an exciting conversation with yet another leader answering the unanswered questions follow us on our social channels for the latest updates